Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. Another one. By the way, did you see uh, Fat Ass himself, DJ Khaled, doing all the commercials for the uh, playoffs and think he might be doing some stuff for the Super Bowl? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, the dude is hilarious and so serious all the time. But another one. I like his catchphrase. We are doing this for a second time. That's what he would say if he was Spanish. Oh, yeah. Indeed. All right. Happy recording day. Happy recording day. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. So I'm down to my last two beers in the house, and I think I'm going to do no beer February, (laughs) if that's a thing. I like it. I'm going to make it a thing. I mean, it's not February yet, though. Yeah, I know. So you're starting it after tonight? Yeah, well, tomorrow is... Friday is the last day of the month, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't have too much longer to go, but if I buy beer, I'm going to drink it. So (coughs) get my last two. I'm going to enjoy my last two with you on this podcast. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to do the no beer thing. I want to see if I can trim down this waistline, man. I, I got, I got a lot to love, bro. More cushion for the pushing. <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing pushing on me, but. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, dude. I want to see if I can uh, shed a little bit of this uh, water weight that I'm hanging on to, and. Uh, I've been doing really good with my walking every day, right? So I, th- I think today was 62 out of 365. So nice, man. I'm still, still doing it a mile a day. Some days I'm doing two, um, but I'm trying to be serious about this, uh, this gut of mine and it's shrinking. You know, I'm still hovering around 230. Uh, but I want to, I really want to get back down to like 217, 215. I got married at 217. So I can get back down to 215. That'll feel real good. And um, yeah. So that's the goal. That's what I'm trying to get to. So 
Word. And slow, slowing down on this beer will definitely help me with the whole body image thing, if you will. Regardless, I'm st I'm still a sexy mofo. Yeah, me sweating. <laughs> so so yeah, we're moving, right? <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I'm currently recording in the kitchen, which is laminate flooring. So all sure. the little trick, 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 trick you're gonna hear is Hans coming in here wanting to play and being like why are you why are you sitting in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> but wait is there a is there a kitchen table in there no so you're sitting on the floor nah bro i'm i'm posted up in a beach chair son which is actually <laughs> pretty comfortable i'm not gonna lie and then uh, uh we have this little wheelie cart that i've been working off of so I just wheeled it in here and <clears throat> taking it easy. You gotta make it do what it's gotta do, brah. I understand. You know, it's a funny thing, man. You start packing everything up and getting shit out. You know, it, you, you realize how easy it is to be a minimalist. Mm-hmm. You know? We, uh... It, it doesn't matter, you know, I, we moved from a 1,100-square-foot house to this over-1,800-square-foot house with a basement. And the other house was 1,100 square feet and didn't have a basement. So, um, you know, it was just like the first few months in this house, you know, we kind of felt like we would never fill it up. But true to form, you get more space more room to hide shit you're going to fill it up with something you know yeah and that is exactly what we've done we have filled this place up to the brim all the new shit like the under the storage underneath the stairs is just full of christmas stuff and decorations and blankets you know the wife keeps buying pillows for some dumb reason. So we got pillows under there and swapping out pillows on the couches per the, for the season. It's weird, man. But you fill it up real quick, bro. Yeah, it's always it's always crazy moving because like you're saying, that's when you really like have to take a hardcore inventory <laughs> of all your stuff yeah. and you're just like I didn't even know I had that. I probably don't need it. But yeah. there's still something in you that's like, yeah, but I mean, what if? Like, I already have it. Sure. So let's just move it. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. you can forget about it at your next place. <laughs> right. So much stuff, man. Yeah, but decluttering is the name of the game, right? So we were, uh, we were laughing the other day because... You know, I took a good hour or whatever, and I cleaned out our junk drawers. And I think I talked to you about this on the podcast. I had a bunch of old cigar boxes, some really cool ones. And so I um, I put them in the drawers to kind of organize the 50,000 pins that we have. 
and markers and highlighters and all that crap. And uh, so I just put them all in cigar boxes and just kind of like categorize them. And sure enough, man, it only took about a month. And um, those junk drawers are full again. <laughs> so yeah. the only good thing about having a full junk drawer is that you can't fit anything else in it. So uh, I got to go through it again and just start getting rid of stuff. But more than that, this office that I'm sitting in recording right now, the cool little studio that I have in here is just cluttered with stuff. So I really got I got, I got some spring cleaning to do, bro. Come time, come springtime. Um, we're going to have to really utilize, uh, put to work our junk men, trash guys. Just get rid of some stuff. It's definitely that time. Yeah, I get it, man. Nothing wrong with a good junk drawer, though. <laughs> Funny thing about junk drawer is, <clears throat> depending on how long you've had the junk drawer, you know the junk drawer. So it's like, yeah, sure, there's a bunch of shit in it. But I also know exactly what's in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, for sure. It's kind of you funny, You have it long it? enough. Yeah, you have it long enough. You'll figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's still it's still organized junk, but it's junk. So you know, it's still stuff that we use. Here's a junk drawer question for you. Shoot. You ever snooped around people's homes, found their junk drawer, and just went through it? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> kind of creepy. Yeah, it uh, does sound a little creepy, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you're over there, and you're like, like I just usually make myself at home if I know you, or sure. if I'm getting to know you, or whatever. I, and I audibly say, like, I I just make myself at home, and you know, yeah. nine times out of ten, everyone's like, yeah, go for it. And, uh, you just start opening drawers and cabinets. Yeah, it's like I'm not going to ask you for the fork because you're in conversation. Like I'm a able-bodied person, I can open a drawer. Sure. I mean, if you're hiding stuff I shouldn't be seeing, like don't be putting it in the kitchen, weirdo. Who's weird then? <laughs> anyway, yeah, going through someone else's junk drawer. It's like you're, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's a little adventure. You don't know what you're going to find. And then you can totally, like, judge what they have in it. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for judgment purposes, for sure. Honestly, here's some dating advice. You should dating probably advice. find a junk drawer of whoever you're dating and just go through it. <laughs> and it could be a good date night activity. Because then it could be like, why do you have this in here? Well, funny story. And then you find something new about this person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because conversation just doesn't work. Basically, junk drawers, like, that's what the home revolves around. Does it now? So all of these, you know, minimalists and their bougie fucking selves, like, if you don't have a junk drawer, are you really human? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I'm trying to declutter as much as possible. But the one thing you're still going to have in your home. What? A junk drawer. 
And you know it. Yeah, You indeed. know it's true. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. It's probably never going to go away. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's probably never going to go away. I'm saying it's a good thing. Well, I mean, as long as your living room is not the junk drawer, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right, right. No, we do pretty good about keeping things clean, but I think um, more my problem than Jenna's problem is I collect mail. I don't like opening mail. I don't like opening mail, and I don't like other people opening my mail either. So it's like leave my mail alone until I decide that it needs to be opened. <laughs> so, Which is hardly ever. I, yeah, I hate opening mail. I mean, hell, I mean, part of the reason that all of our bills or majority of our bills are paid online, all of them actually except for one, the water bill is the only thing that we write a check for, you know, uh, I, I, I hate getting bills in the mail. Email me that shit. It's not because you're saving trees and you're environmentally focused. No. <laughs> no. Definitely not environmentally focused. Fuck the um, tree, man. I hate opening mail. <laughs> I am the Lorax and I speak for the trees. Uh, no, dude. I Believe me. I it, That is definitely not it. We get so much junk mail. Every single day is ridiculous. Yeah. I feel so. you. <sighs> Actually, I think it was just today. Uh, I keep getting these cigar magazines in the mail because I bought cigars once from this uh, this online store. And That's all it takes. Dude, I get so many cigars. Like, I mean, I just got one the other day. Now there's a new one? And honestly, I, yeah. uh, the first couple times, I was like, oh, it's cool. I'll look through it. And then I was just like, you're just wasting friggin' time, money, and resources. Because I, I just throw them away now. Believe me, they have it. You know, I get three different magazines a month. C- Cigar International. Yep. I get Thompson Cigars. And I get Pipes and Cigars. They all come in. And it's like, dude, I, you guys are all selling the same stuff. So, but wait, every now and then I'll buy <laughs> the next week and we'll throw in a free lighter. Exactly. It's always some interesting stuff. That's not all. If you spend $500 right now, we'll give you 50 cents off your next purchase. <laughs> Only valid in Alaska. Right. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of Alaska. I, you ever watched the Alaskan bush people? Oh yeah, most definitely. I find it it's super the, interesting. It's the hill, man. it's the hillbillies of Alaska, bro. Yeah, they talk so weird. Yeah, and I don't know why. Like, it kind of got me thinking, like, if I lived in the middle of nowhere around four people only, would I talk weird? Yeah, like the, well, who knows? Be, like the way we sound, is it? Is it uh, just because we all live together that we sound that way? Which I know, like, yeah, yeah you know, further know, up bro. north you go, it's like, yeah, hand me the shoppy, and you know, down <laughs> south, 
it's you know they don't say shoppy they say sharpie like normal people <laughs> i don't know right. it's weird cool show though it is cool and so i i like that show and i like um i just wouldn't be able to like live without my straightener and my <laughs> blow dryer i like the other one though it's like um Oh God! They they follow so many different families in Alaska. It's like the Last Frontier or something like that. I don't know. Can't remember the name of the show. Uh, but there's this lady that's like completely butch, living out in Kavik, uh, out in Alaska, and it's and she's got all this property. And it's always snow on the ground. And she makes her living off the land. But she makes money because she's like the the last stop to get gas before you drop off the face of the earth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, so she's uh, so all the small planes when they're smaller planes while they're trying to go a far distance they stop in Kavik just to get gas from her and it's pretty interesting dude hey she's she's awesome she's badass like she's like doing all her own woodwork and she's got all these big bobcats and stuff that remove the snow and then they the film crew follow her around you know while she hunts and stuff like that it's it's pretty cool I think, though, that these people that are being followed around in Alaska, they got to be getting some kind of kickback from the show, right? I'm not 100% sure how that works, but, I mean, y yeah, you got you to gotta imagine. I mean, yeah, that, I would think. Like, why, you know, you're not just going to, like, no one's that kind to not draw some kind of financial gain or some type of gain you know to be like right. yeah let, let me because like you got to think when you're watching a show and you see these little interviews in between like all that's planned and that's time out of their day so like even some of the ones that are on like discovery and all that <clears throat> and they're talking about oh it's a race against or the car ones are the worst where they're like we don't know if we're going to fix this car and it's due in four hours. But then they have like all these interviews in between. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like gas monkey. Yeah. So they got, you know, they're taken out of your time. I'm sure they're giving you some kind of payment. I don't know what that would be, but or how much. Right. Exactly. Gotta be something. I mean, it's gotta be something. Um, yeah. But then they they continue to live on the show as if it's nothing, you know, as if they're not making any money at all. I think it'd be it's a like cool we have uh, to podcast if some of these like film crews and production teams like had a podcast and like told stories from like behind the scenes kind of thing. I bet they do. I bet they I'm do. Look into they, that. they have. They would have to. So, so me and Micah are really into that hunting show, Meat Eater, yeah. with uh, Steve Marinella. And uh, we watch that all the freaking time and kind of obsessed with it. 
But the dude's got like nine seasons. Uh, he's getting paid, you know. But he also has a podcast. He's doing a whole bunch of stuff. He's written a couple wild game cookbooks and stuff like that. The dude is making bank. And he's he just happens to be from Michigan, which is pretty cool, too. Uh. So we like that guy a lot. So. You love him for five dollars? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of just crap just to, you know, keep your brain semi-occupied. You know, like it's just like noise. So I'll be driving us home and he'll be watching it on the iPad. And it, to me, it's just noise. You know, it's just fun to have something to listen to and then have something to relate, you know, with him. Something exciting that he's interested in is the way I see it. Yeah. So um, it's pretty cool. He wants to go hunting with me so bad. And I'm like, dude, you just got to get a little bit older. Like The only thing he shot is a 22. Dude, a 22 isn't going to knock down a, a freaking deer. <laughs> you know, unless you're a perfect shot. You know? You I keep telling him, dude, you better a do small some push-ups. Game, couldn't you? Yeah, and we will. This year I plan on taking him small game hunting. Um, but even then... You know, you you either have to be a perfect shot with a twenty two, or you know, there's got to be like a squirrel up in a tree that's not moving. Then you can get it with a twenty two. But anything on the ground, you're not getting anything with a twenty two, dude. It's just not going to happen. You need a a ten gauge or not a ten gauge. That's pretty powerful. Twelve gauge, you know, with some bird shot in it, and you got to. Make sure that you you lead the animal out pretty good, so that you don't destroy the meat completely. You got to be a really good shot. So I should probably take him anyway, just so he can fail, <laughs> and then we can talk about his failure. How about that? There you go. Can't always win, bro. Yeah, I was reading an article uh, the other day about just that very thing. How uh, we're possibly damaging our children uh, because we overstimulate them. They're just overstimulated with attention. And how, uh, you know, back in the day, kids used to be allowed to be bored. You know, like you're you're totally fine being bored. Like you don't have to watch TV. There's no devices for you to play on. You know, go move your truck across the floor and make truck noises. Like It's okay to be bored. Like It's okay that you lost the game. You know, you didn't play as well. And so you didn't get enough play time and you feel sad about it. That's okay. Um, you know, just the whole point of it being, you know, just let your kid, let your kid struggle a little bit. Let your kid. Uh, struggle with life and 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 when they're bored according to the scientists air quote scientists when they're bored that's when their imagination is the most stimulated hmm. i'm like well had kind of a good point to it you know yeah but what I remember as a kid, really know yeah what do they know i remember as a kid oh, look at this you know, graph being oh, bored. look at this research 
Right. Dumb. You know, when my parents would be like, hey, no TV tonight, you know, or, or turn that TV off at 6 o'clock, and we're going to bed at 8.30. But can't I just watch so, well, till the next commercial? <laughs> right. That was me. Yeah, you start learning some negotiation skills, right? <laughs> but, you know, the the thing was, it's like, hey, just do something else other than letting something entertain you. Entertain yourself. Learn how to freaking... I mean, I've done some of my best coloring book artwork because my parents made me turn off the TV. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And when was the last time you just sat down and colored, bro? Well, this morning, I actually, uh, I'm just kidding. Paint, painted the walls white? <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I haven't colored in a long time. No. I don't know. I think there's something to it, man. If we can get back to those simple days where we, you know, allow ourselves to be bored and then, like, fuck, go do a puzzle or something like that, you know? Yeah, but Go, you know uh, what they say about idle hands. What? They feel good in a massage? Oh, bro. <laughs> I forget the actual saying. But it's something to the the effect of idle hands do the devil's work or something. Or is the devil's playground? I think that's an, or, think that's an idle mind. <clears throat> well, I've heard a hand one, too. Same hmm. thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Which don't is know kind of one, kind of an interesting. Here's here's what I was just thinking when you're talking about this. To take a faith perspective <clears throat> on that whole thing. Like, do you think church has kind of become the same way where we just want to go and have this guy tell us something? And then we think that that's, that's us living out our faith. Say it one more time. <clears throat> so just going to church, right? And have like, listening to the pastor and raising your hands or not, or whatever you do to worship. And, you know, paying your tithes, <clears throat> going to Bible study. But mostly just listening to the pastor and then throughout the week throughout your actual life you don't really do anything with that so you just you go do your thing and then that's that you that's your faith you you following Uh, a little bit like, you know, a little bit. oh, no one loses. Everyone's a winner. Or like, hey, turn the TV off. You know, go read a book. Go outside. Go make a sandcastle or go stare at a wall and think about something. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that because that means you have to do something. Like, you can come yeah. watch the TV and the TV does everything and it entertains and it does all the work and you just sit there. Sure. I'm trying to yeah. parallel... Not parallel, but just explore the, the, like, is church for a lot of people that same thing for their faith? Where it's like, well, as long as I go to church every Sunday, and as long as I pay my tithe, 
And as long as I say prayer before I eat, then I'm saved and I punch my card. Sure. I see what you're saying now. Versus like actually studying like on your own or with other people or, you know, <clears throat> leading yeah. a Bible study or acting in your faith out in a Walmart or, you know, helping someone who needs help or, you know, going and serving at this thing, like putting feet to your faith. Like it's time to turn the TV off and it's time to go do the boring stuff, AKA the hard stuff, because you have to do it. Like the TV and the pastor are the same in this analogy and this thought process. Does that make sense? Yep. yep Am I sp yep. speaking weird? No, I follow. No, I follow you. Yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways they are or can be the same. And it's not everyone. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not trying no, to say not. that. I'm just exploring that thought because I've thought about it uh, for my own self. You know, like, I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of times, you know, the pastor and the television uh, can be the same on a lot of fronts. It is quite entertaining, you know, when you go to a church and, um, you know, the pastor starts getting happy and the organ starts going, you know, they start singing, preaching, you know, it can be quite entertaining and quite moving as well uh, at certain times. Uh, but it, it does have the tendency to validate someone Christianity to the point to where they don't take in any action on the things that are said. And that, you know, ask them two weeks later, what was that message about? They wouldn't have remember it because it literally was just entertaining. It didn't call them to action. It didn't provoke them to uh, any deeper sincerity or it didn't move them to action. It didn't provoke any doing. Um, you know, I, I, I also think of like uh, Gary V's podcast that I follow. You know, he talks about how he knows that there are thousands of people that consume his content on so many different social medias, but then they never take any action at all. So it's like he kind of feels like the things that he says sometimes just falls on deaf ears because there's no action from people. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that one of the workarounds to that would be, you know, forget the, the hype and the hoopla and let's just put out a call to action. I think that's the remedy, you know, because you're right. Uh, a Christian who just listens to the message and doesn't do anything with it. They just stay at a point of uh, sedentary, if you will. And if there's no activity in it, then they never really understand what it means to fail in their walk with God. Well, and you is know, that I, okay? I mean, honestly. What? Is that okay? Say it again. Is that okay? No. No, of course not. Yeah, but why not? Of course not. Though? I mean, 
not everyone's going to grab a concordance every time they hear or read something they don't understand. And they're like, oh, I need to know this. Only a few people sure. are really going to do that in the grand scheme of things. You know what I'm saying? Because mostly, from what I've experienced, people take the pastor for his word, which they should. Because if he's there, appointed by God... <laughs> You're trusting that he's hearing God and being directed of God to teach you something, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, just like anything else in life, there are people who fuck that up. But I'm not talking about them right now. I'm talking about, you know, man, I went and I heard this message and it, I really like, I don't know, it spoke to me, you know? <clears throat> okay. Now what? <laughs> if nothing yeah. is your reaction and your response, then what was that for? You know, like, pick up the Bible. Not challenge the pastor, but, like, go read it for yourself. You know, like, get in depth. Like, what's the, you know, the Bible's written fucking over 2,000 years ago. Or however long. I don't know when it was written. We probably do know when it was written. I don't remember when it was written. The point is, it's fucking old. <laughs> if you go back 20 years ago, like, life was so different. Now we're talking hundreds and thousands of years ago. Life was super fucking different. So, like, sure. when something is said, I mean, like, we don't have slaves today. But the Bible talks about owning slaves and how to, you know, treat them right. And I say slaves, I don't mean like what we think slaves, like black slavery and like, you know, get back to work. I'm not talking that kind of slave. I'm talking like yeah. servants that you cared for and fed and housed and like could even pay and you know helped them better their lives because they were serving your needs like there's you know what i'm saying i don't yeah i'm starting to go down that rabbit trail but like when you read this book that was written so long ago you can't just read it in today's lenses and then take it for what it's worth and you can't just sit in pews and in bible studies and take what's being said for veritas for truth for absolute fucking truth right like it's okay to challenge it and like i don't know i don't even know why i'm talking about this anymore but like i think because <laughs> the whole thing about like oh you need to turn it you know you watch two hours and that's what i said your limit was now go play legos or read a book oh can i just watch till the next commercial and you do that four times and then it's bedtime and yay you got to be lazy and mind numb and not do anything constructive or anything and i just feel like i've been there in my faith and i know there's a lot of people out there who might be there right now in their faith and <clears throat> i just wonder if that's okay to get back to my point from seven minutes ago sure because uh, you know you were talking and i was like well is that okay to be that way and to be there you know because we're, yeah. we're not all just always going to be on and right studying the Bible like, you know, 
there's freaking a map to everything holy, even though it is, but it's not. I don't even know anymore. Oh my god! Yeah, I think that there's seasons to everything. No, I'm with you. I think there's seasons to everything. I, I, you know, and I think there are times where we do just veg out and be entertained, but it can't be the norm. It can't be all the time, you know. Uh, you know, there's times just to defrag and times just to rest. You know, there's a season and a time for everything under the sun. Ecclesiastes tells us, right? So, um, that's what Solomon but, said. Yeah, but there should also be times when we go to action, you know, where we're called to action and we start proving out our faith and proving out, you know, uh, or living out what we believe. And so, um, I, uh, the example I was thinking about while you were talking is, uh, you know, if if there's if there's a huge evangelistic thrust to your church, you know, where the pastor might be doing a series on evangelism and the necessity of it, why it's so important, you know, he pulls out the scripture that heaven rejoices when, when one soul repents and all of that, and you feel really good about it. You know, you have a choice. You can either just feel good about it and... and Wave your hanky in agreement. Break to past. Or or you could, you know, legitimately go out there and practice it. Get out there and actually start sharing your faith and you know, learn some things through the action. Uh. You know, I I I truly believe that you know, scripture says that, you know, he that winneth souls is wise. Well, the reason why he's wise is because in the beginning he sucked at it. You know, he's, the person is, is learned through trial and error what works for them and sharing their faith. You know, I, I mean, maybe going up to your supermarket counter and they say anything else you can I can get for you you turn around and say yeah you can get me John 3:16 huh get me John 3:16 well what do you mean god so loved you so loved this world <laughs> you know something stupid like that i don't know it's a dumb example that is super dumb but, <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like get the fuck off my counter yeah, <laughs> you know. or like uh, that video that was sent over Facebook we watched oh, about man. that chick in Walmart, the chick in Walmart that's cussing everybody out. You dumb motherfucker, you're going to go to burn in hell. You need to give your life to Jesus. Stop being a an idiot, uh, you know, just going off. She was mentally ill, obviously. Yeah, um, I think on some drugs. And yeah, she was probably extremely high. Actually, side no note to that, it. I don't think I told you this, but you know there's one of her in a Taco Bell, too? No way. Yeah. she does. She's doing the same thing again. 
Does she go out in handcuffs from the Taco Bell? <clears throat> I didn't finish it because it was like, I forget how long, and I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I don't need to see this anymore, but. Yeah. The one in Meyer, so, dude, was like insane. Which, if you're listening and you're like, what's going on? Well, here's the thing. If you look it up on YouTube, it says Walmart. But people yeah, who Walmart ever been in a Meyer can definitely tell the difference. And it was definitely a Meyer. Either way, mm. Meyer and Walmart are super similar. Very similar. Um, and that's not even the point. But yeah. Just, just what is it? Uh, I think if you Google uh, crazy religious lady in Walmart, it's mm. probably going to be the first thing that pops up. Yeah. So, I mean, my point is that when you get a challenge from the pulpit to live out your faith in whatever capacity and you do it, you're going to fail. You're going to come short. You can, There's going to be some bumps in the road. But eventually, as you continue to practice, you, you figure it out. You know, you you do a little bit better. If there's a message on love and being patient, and then you go home and you fight with your spouse, <laughs> you're going to fail at that love and patience. But the more you work it, the easier it'll get. It's like a muscle. Our faith is literally like a muscle. You got a dick? Let me search it. Find out how hard I got to work it. And then, when the, and then yeah. What the hell does it have to do with anything? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, the things that enter into the mind of Sean David. That <laughs> <laughs> was so random. But this beat is automatic. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yes, brother, so, I am tracking. You're tracking. No, I hear you. Seriously. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just takes some, it takes a lot of practice. And, uh, any, oh, oh, my point was that faith is a muscle. And then you started singing about, <laughs> yeah. The manly muscle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Faith, faith is a muscle. And, and the more we practice it, the stronger it gets. And um, and you don't necessarily have to be in a church in order to practice that that faith. It it really gets strong when you practice it outside of the four walls of that church. I truly believe that. And and again, like we started this podcast on church podcast. Never at one point have we said leave your church because that's not the point. No. The, the the point is is that um, outside of the four walls of the church is when your light really shines it's it's when you really begin to shine bright uh, like a diamond <laughs> there we go again <laughs> that's when you really begin to display christ you know i i mean I, i've been in church my whole life and it's hilarious you see all these dip, these crazy people that come in dressed to the nines I mean, especially in black churches. And they'd be the ones shouting, dancing, speaking in tongues, rolling all over the floor, singing in the choir, 
doing all this crazy stuff, right? And doing all this awesome stuff. And you're like, oh, it's an awesome person of God. And then outside of those, the, those, uh, those walls, they completely different person, you know, uh, completely crazy, a 180. Well, it's, it, it shouldn't be that way. It, it, it should be the total opposite of that, right? Outside of those four walls is when you should be, you know, the, the greatest shining example. And the reason why I say that is, you know, you can be in a house with all the lights on. And you can see everything inside the house, right? Everything looks nice. But light expels darkness, right? You go outside at night, man, and you, you turn on the flashlight. You can see that flashlight for a very, very far distance. And, um, and, and in this analogy, going outside, that's the world. That's the world that we live in. That's our that's our offices that we go to every day. It's the schools that we go to. It's you know the playgrounds, the the supermarket, the Strip all these other places. You know all these places that are not churches. <laughs> He's stupid. <laughs> all these places that are not churches is where the light needs to be seen, because that's where the darkness really is. It's in this world. Yeah. So. Um, you know, just like your kid needs to be separated from the, from the, uh, entertainment, we need to be separated from the entertainment as well. And only then will we be able to see how strong of a faith that we really do have. That's my opinion. You know, my faith has never been more challenged than after we left this church. Because it was like, all right, you're no longer in this church. Are you still going to pray? Are you still going to evangelize? Are you still going to share your faith? Are you still going to, you know, live the life of, of a Christian outside of this church? The challenge is even greater now being outside of the four walls of the church than they were while I was in it. You know, inside the church, you got basically everybody doing the same thing. Yeah. Right, it's easy. Everybody's that was my point yeah. from before. Yeah, that's the and equivalent that's of just sitting there vegging out on on the TVs. It's easy. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. It's easy. Or these days on an iPad. Right. Right. Whatever. It's easy. It's more of a challenge when you're out there outside, and you know what? And even when I was at the church. I felt the same way because it was like at the end of a message after preaching a message I would air quotes open the doors of the church right I, I'd, I'd uh, give a call to salvation right you you talk to the people that are there everybody that's there listening to you is not a Christian hopefully if your church is doing the right thing not everybody there is a Christian. Not everybody there is a believer. But if they're there, there's a good chance that they want to be a Christian. They want to give their life over to Christ. So, given the gospel message from the pulpit, after a good message that you've just preached, is a hell of a lot easier than being at your local Walmart or Meijer 
and seeing somebody checking out some clothes and striking up a conversation and sharing your faith with them. It's a totally different ball game, bro. One, you're being entertained in church and you're, you know, you're getting fired up outside that church, man. There's no more getting fired up. There's no more entertainment. It is literally walking it out and seeing what you can do. Now walk it out. I walk it out. <laughs> Endless, bro. I could do it all night. <laughs> uh, that's what she said. So, hey, I think um, I think it's a good point, bro. <clears throat> well, and I agree with you as well. But at, so, as you were talking, uh, I think what came in my head was uh, damn it what did you say oh it's easy to like give an altar call and like present Jesus in the church but out you know out of Walmart you know how do you do that and I think that <clears throat> like the church is the place and should be the place where it's easy and that is not a bad thing you know, like, we're unchurched. Sweet. That's because we don't like a lot of the businessy bullshit behind the the people, which is the actual church, right? So when you're in a community called church with like-minded, faith-believing people, of course it's easier. Of course you get all the Christian jokes. Like, of course you all listen to the same shit. Of course you all talk about the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? But you go out into the world, which is where Christ quite literally called us to go, <laughs> into all of the world, creating disciples. We're not, on a major scale and across my uh, worldview from the things I've lived in the churches that I've been in, and I've been in more than the average because I was in a program where we would tour and go to all these churches, right? And uh, it's just, it seems to me that we're not really, we're not utilizing the church times maybe as efficient <clears throat> as we can be slash maybe should be because there's all these Christian peoples in America, especially with, you know, these worldviews and these political views and all of these mindsets and, well, you can't curse and you can't drink and you can't do that and you can't, 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 can't. And they have a fucking mile long list of can'ts and there's like 10 things that you can do. And then we just go word vomit in the world. And people see us as weird. We're not properly trained, I feel like, in these church communities to, like, meet people where they're at, which is what Jesus did, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, and maybe this will go back full circle, but if the more times we turn the TV off and we force to do something in our boredom, a.k.a. read the Bible question your pastor question your christian friends 
Question your atheist friends. Question your queer friends. Question your own fucking question. Question <laughs> God. Like, dig deep. He he left, like, he, he created this Bible for us to read and study. And he gives us a mind to think with. And he sat us in this era. Okay? We're all Christians, so we all believe that every little fucking thing out there has a purpose and a meaning. And happens for a reason, right? So if that's true, which I'm not saying it's not, <clears throat> then there's a reason that you and me and everyone else that's alive right now is alive right now, living in the circumstances that we are living in, given God's word that he gave us, right? So let's use that. And that's hard. Yeah. So we have to click off the boob tube, the old iPad. The television. And we have to actually apply ourselves to like this thing. Like, don't just go be a test dummy. Like breathing air in a building, and just pay your tithes, and in a lot of instances, like your dues. <laughs> and then you just Bench go warmers. out and you live your life, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I really do believe that, you know, that we're not called just to sit on a pew. You know, and if that's your idea of what a true Christian is, somebody who just goes to church, sits on a pew, and goes through the motions. Like, I don't have anything against Catholics. I love my Catholic friends. but Well, and real quick know, to interject, you go, I don't have a problem with that either at certain levels. And, like, at certain times of your life, you need that. But that's not like that can't be the pinnacle. That can't be the end of like your faith in this massive God and universe and this whole big purposeful reason filled thing that we call life. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. You'll say it better. Uh, you're, anyway. No, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah, my point was like, was just that exactly. Like the rituals, the, I don't know the last time you've been to a Catholic church, but I was just at one recently with the wife and, and the baby, um, couple at my buddy's ago. wedding. Yeah. Shot my buddy's away. wedding. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. But I knew it was that. I knew that. basically a church service, you know? Well, that's the thing, right? It's always a church service. It's always a, you know, a sacrament. It is a yeah, exactly, and it's all the sayings and responses, and when to stand up, greet your neighbor, sit down, kneel, stand up, sing, sit down, kneel. Like you go through this whole process for an hour, and then you're done, right? And then you go about your merry little way, go home and watch football. Like, that only goes for so long. I would go absolutely nuts if that was my weekend routine. I understand the need for it, but I just think and I feel personally that we're called to more. I think that we're called to more of a demonstration of the lifestyle that we claim to live. More of an outward expression 
that goes beyond the sitting, standing, kneeling, praying, singing. More than that. And even in a, you know, a, a Protestant church, I think that we're called to a whole lot more than opening opening prayer, then scripture, praise and worship, offering. Three fast, too slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Three fast, too slow, offering in between, you know. Which, again, worship that, none of that is bad. None of it is bad at all. It all has its place. My point is that I just think that we're called to more. Yeah. I really do. You know, I really believe that we're called to more. And you know, I was, even with that, that changes, I feel like, individually. Because sure. individually, we're not all called to the same thing. No. No, we're not. But I, I tell you this. I So, um, after my divorce, I was in therapy for a few years. It did not work. And I not at all. <laughs> I, I got very close to my therapist and and it, I was thinking about this You're the other day. Crazy, bro. I know, right? He had me on some crazy pills. Ooh. Anyway, um, I like really actually see Jesus's face when I take four <laughs> of those. <laughs> But the prescription only calls for one. <laughs> um, well, Jesus' face told me four. <laughs> but you know, he he did wonders for me. You know, real talk. But yeah, one thing that I admired was that you know he said, you know, I, I went to school for for this, you know, psychology and. I've got all these board certifications, blah, blah, blah. And I enjoy our time. You know, this was at the end of our relationship. He said, uh, he said, but my passion and my, what I really, really love to do is to give back. And so I'm ending my practice here and I'm going full time with the veterans because I really feel. Uh, <laughs> I, I really feel my. <laughs> I really feel my place and my purpose in life is to help those that have been in war, that have been in conflict, and I want to give back to them as a way of appreciation and as a way of service. You know to them is what I really want to do. So I'm ending my practice here. And so this is the end of our relationship. You know, it was, it was the last, um, therapy session that I had with him. And though I was extremely sad because our relationship was ending, you know, he told me, he said, you know, this is probably the first relationship that's healthy in your life that actually had an ending to it. And, and there was a truth to that, you know, yeah. A healthy ending to it. But what what really touched me, well, it was many things that touched he me. He touched me. <laughs> no, he did not, by and the way. And now uh, I know. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that touched me <laughs> was that he literally found his passion and he found his purpose like he he was doing both for so long. 
he was working for the VA doing uh doing services for the for the veterans and also doing his own private practice and he waited out and he's just like look i i really don't want to do this private practice anymore what i really want to do is the thing that's actually making me a whole lot less money but offering me so much more fulfillment i'm going to go ahead and and serve the veterans and in, in the capacity that i'm able to yeah and, and and so I I bring that up to say that like even in a natural sense, um, this guy found a way to activate all the things that he's learned and actually put it into practice and in, in, in such a way that it brought a lot of fulfillment. And I think that let's say you're in a church fine more power to you you're listening to this podcast called unchurched but you're in a church still more power to you we don't want to take you out of that church but there has to be a part of you somewhere deep down inside that sees the necessity to practice the things that you're learning and i really believe that it will bring you some fulfillment it actually will validate the faith that you have and will cause you to grow to another level, if you will, in your faith just by doing it. And if your faith is real, you'll find the thing that you're passionate about that will bring a, a lot of fulfillment in your faith. It will. It has to. Whether that's a soup kitchen or a, a donation place for clothes or something, doing something with kids or doing something with old people, it doesn't matter. But I really believe that whatever it is that you're hearing on a Sunday morning has a purpose and it's to get you off the couch and, and, and be away from the entertainment and actually activate your faith and do something that's meaningful. You know? It goes for all of us. Like, I, I'm finding a lot of meaning in doing this podcast with you. I believe that it, has a, that it serves a purpose, and I believe that it... Um, that it has a... a, a a purpose and a benefit in challenging people to think outside the box and to not be so pigeonholed into four walls. Yeah. I really think that there's a benefit to it. And it's why I want to continue doing it with you. Well, I do too, man. I'm fine. I mean, I'm go ahead. There you go. Finish. I was just going to say that I'm finding fulfillment in doing this with you. There's a lot of things that I don't have fulfillment in. I wanted to do the uh <laughs> I wanted to do the ASMR shit with the songs, right? Yeah. We talked about that. We whispered about it too. Here you go. This is probably not being picked up on the mic, but I'm rubbing my uh pop filter on my mm -hmm. microphone. Mm. Um I found out that I would be violating copyright law 
by reading the copywritten lyrics of popular songs. Did you know that? <laughs> I did know that. I you did you know that. that. I didn't know that, and you were going to let me do it. Yeah, I. I mean, if you were going to do it, if I thought you knew that, man. That's the same no, reason I why, like, that. I made our podcast music because I can't just rip it. Yeah, you got to buy but, a license for that shit. Right, and well, not that I'm not saying that shit. I'm saying like an artist created it, and therefore, if yeah. you're using it, they want to get paid. There's nothing wrong with that. They want to get paid, or you have to get permission in order to use the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't thought, realize. I thought that's like common knowledge these days. Uh, it's common knowledge if you do stuff like this for a living. Thank you very much, Sean. Yeah. Well, Fuck. I guess it's a good thing it never I, went anywhere. I designed cars. <laughs> <laughs> I designed cars for Tata Motors. Their motors are the tits. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so I squashed that idea and, and didn't do anything with it because I found out that I would be violating copyright law. So... You know, I'm back to this. I do have another idea that I want to do, and I'll talk to you about it afterwards. But I, I love doing stuff with my voice. This is my passion and something that I've wanted to do forever. And, and this podcast, you know, gives an opportunity to do that. Um, but more than that, we still get a chance to... Dude, are you playing around with your beard or something? No. It's all I hear is... Oh. Sorry. The the way... Yeah, it's my beard. My bad. I didn't know that was happening. It is your beard. It's not coming on the microphone, though, I'm pretty sure. No. Um, right now, anyone listening to this is like, I don't understand what he's hearing. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I am, I'm feeling a lot of fulfillment in doing this podcast with you. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I do too, man. And what I was going to say <clears throat> was I, hmm, I've always questioned stuff. I love you, man. I love you. I'm holding back tears. Stop it. Is that what you're going to say? Oh my god. I don't love you. I tolerate <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, you know I got love, brah. Anyway, like, I like to question stuff because I feel like, why not? And if you're wrong, you're wrong. And then you just fucking move on. But at least you found out something. You know, and I feel like a lot of people, maybe they question more than they let on, but it's never audible. So because of that, I feel like in some ways we're uh, bold enough or have enough nerve or here's the one I really resonate with. I'm, I'm so comfortable with who I am in my own self. Yeah. That I'm willing to come on here and talk freely 
and then be wrong or be right or be neutral and figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So like, if you're going to hate, you're going to hate. But at least I had the fucking nads to come on in a public forum. Because haters going to hate, 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 be wrong or be right. Or maybe something I say makes sense to you. Maybe something I say doesn't make sense to you. What are you saying? What are you doing? Like, are you contributing? Because we're doing that. And whether you agree with it, whether you don't agree with it, like, that's what we're doing. And that's what I want. That's what I want to do with my life is like, hey, let's question. Why is it three fast, too slow? And not even people in the worship band know that that's a thing in church. Like, why is that a thing? Can it be different? Like, why, why is everything, you know, you can, whatever. You get the point. I do. I don't know, man. And more often than not, you get, the, you know, well, that's just how we do it. Or, well, that's what I was taught. Or, well, I think the Bible says that somewhere. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm glad you can actually talk to this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but then yeah. you're forced, like, you're forced at that point. It's like when you, you know, people say, well, once, you know, God's word never returns void, and once it goes out, <clears throat> it either falls on deaf ears or, you know, it falls on good soil <clears throat> or it falls in the rocks. I fucked that up. But you get it. <clears throat> you know, and it's either going to grow or it's not going to grow, but it's out there. Let it grow. <laughs> Look at you. you know what i'm saying so anyway i definitely i enjoy doing this podcast with you and just uh indeed exploring ideas man and being okay with knowing that what i say does not go (laughs) i'm just willing to question and talk and have my opinion yeah and if i can't do that in america then I guess I'm moving to Canada, getting free health care. Move to Afghanistan. Move to Afghanistan. You'd be better off with the freedom of speech down there. Yeah. So I've got a would you rather. Lay it on me, brah. So you work at a coffee shop. Worked, but yes. Oh, yes, that's right. You no longer work there. Um, and I'm sure that coffee shop has Wi-Fi like most coffee shops do. For sure, but we don't hand that shit out for free. Oh, you don't? No, we do, but we make you ask for it. We don't, like, plaster it everywhere. Oh, that's whack. Why? You better get up, get hip to Starbucks, bro. Nah, fuck that's that. That's how they you get know how more people, motherfuckers man. go in Starbucks and don't buy a damn thing and they just be soaking up that Wi-Fi? Oh no, not me! Every time I, when I was uh, <coughs> when I was finishing my doctorate, I uh, and even while I was teaching, even after my doctorate, when I was teaching, I would go to Starbucks before my classes would start, and I would like grade papers or uh, do a paper myself because I was still trying to finish my doctorate degree while I was even teaching. Don't lie, bro! You downloading porn for later. 
<laughs> no, I did not. Sipping on your PSL. I would always. I never drink a PSL. <laughs> um, but I would always buy coffee and maybe even a. a they got those uh, iced coffee cakes, like lemon coffee cake with uh, that white frosting on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, as usual, you fuck it up for the mini because as a small business, you have limited amount of seatings in the one place that you own a business that makes you money. You're not fucking worldwide. So when people come in and they sit down for four hours and take up a table and don't spend any money. Yeah, that's rough. We're going to make sure you be buying something before you be asking for that Wi-Fi. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. That makes sense. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, my, my would you rather, would you rather anywhere you went, you got free coffee or would you rather have free Wi-Fi everywhere you go? Free coffee. Really? Yep. Interesting. Cause you just, uh, addicted to that brown, uh, that brown water. Sure, but also, here's my logic. <clears throat> if I need Wi-Fi, I'm already paying for a device that needs Wi-Fi. So I already have service of some type. I'd rather have free coffee everywhere. Hmm. What would you I do? I get you. I think I'd say the same thing. So, at Tata Motors, uh, because of the program that I'm on and the building that I'm in, we have free coffee everywhere else. You got to pay, you know, a nice amount of money for it. And even in my building, you can actually pay for coffee. Starbucks, you can pay for Starbucks Yeah. in my building. Um, but you don't have to because we have free coffee on every floor or actually no, not on every floor, just on the first floor where I'm sitting at. <laughs> it's three floors in the building that I'm in and only on the first floor which is restricted access do they have uh, free coffee but the coffee is like like my dad says my dad was in um, in recovery after his surgery a couple years ago and uh, while he was in that little recovery home I brought him coffee every day Cause he he would he would text me or call me and say, "Son, yeah, Dad, what's up? I need you to bring me coffee." All right, Dad, I'm on my way. He's like, "The coffee here is like hot water with a brown crayon." <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, the the funniest man alive. He's like, "This ain't nothing but hot water with a brown crayon in it." Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'd go for the coffee too. It's uh it's necessary, especially since Max is like all this week so far, he's been waking up around 3 a.m. So we put him down between 7 and 8. And um and he's waking up around 3 a.m. smelling like pee because he peed himself. Mm. The musk of a man, baby. The musk of a man. And um, just crying his eyes out. 
spits out his pacifier, just like, get me up, give me milk, change my diaper. So, um, like last night, I, um, I crashed, man. I was in the basement and I was watching. (laughs) Yeah, like Bandicoot. I, um, I was in the basement and I was watching, I don't know, something on uh, Netflix. And I, I was I was watching Max for a little while, but then Jenna went upstairs to take a phone call and she was like, I'm going to take Max with me. I was like, all right, fine. So she took Max and I literally, I laid down where she was sitting at because the seat was warm and I liked the smell and I fell right asleep, dude. You like right you like smelling where her butt just was. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. I'm just pointing it out, bro. Anyway, I fell asleep, dude, and it was like seven something. Uh, she put him. She uh, she was texting me apparently, like, "Where are you?" And um, I I just I had my phone on silent, so I never got it. I just fell asleep. And um, she came downstairs with Max. He was in his PJs. And she was like, I'm about to put him to bed. I just gave him a kiss. I rolled right back over. The, 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 nothing was even on at that point. Like, I fell asleep in the middle of the show. And um, and it, it was just sitting there on the screensaver on the TV. Are you still watching? Yeah, and dude, I was knocked out, man. I got up to bed about eight o'clock and I slept all the way to 3 a.m. until Max woke up. So I've had baby brain for so long now. Like he's four months old now. I've got nothing but baby brain and coffee is my life. I'm drinking coffee well into the afternoon. Hashtag yes, queen. (laughs) <laughs> but not PSLs, my queen. Not PSLs. Oh, Michael, that was so October ago. <sighs> Maybe so. That's how much I don't drink it, by the way. So. I don't no, either. Thank you. I don't like flavor. Me either. I like espresso. And I like my coffee like I like my women. Yes, Black sir. And hot as a mofo. Strong and hot. Well, my coffee be yes, like, sir. bitch, I'm too hot to be drank right now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Just you tell me when I can drink you. <laughs> Not really. I like iced coffee. Some of those weirdos. I don't mind iced coffee when I make a, uh, when I do. Um, the French press, if yeah. I don't drink it all, just throw the French press in the in the refrigerator afterwards after it cools off. Then have iced coffee in the morning. It's actually pretty good. It's a good way to go. You, you. So I'm with you there. <clears throat> all right, let's uh, let's call it. So go ahead. Yeah, bro. Check out our website unchurchpodcast.wordpress.com you can check out the archives of all the episodes and a couple little goodies and links and stuff like that 
Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, email us at unchurchedpod at gmail.com. And wherever you're listening, you know, just subscribe if you haven't. If you like the convo. If you don't, then I don't know why you're still listening to me talk right now. But um, if you do enjoy the convo, like, subscribe, comment, do whatever you got to do to the capacity that your faith <laughs> will allow you to <laughs> in this God-given moment. Preach, preacher. <clears throat> yeah, bro. All right, cool. I'm going to get up off my kitchen floor beach chair set up. All right, love you guys. Yeah, you should do that for sure. All right, man. Peace.